Welcome to All Things Green. I'm Shelby, and today I'm joined by a very special guest. Russ Bates is the founder of NextGen, a company with a mission to provide clean energy technologies and sustainability consulting. Russ, thank you so much for being here with me today. Hey, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. It's great to have you. Can we start with the easy stuff? Just tell me a little bit about yourself. Yeah, um, originally from southern Indiana, so I grew up, born and raised there. Um, are you familiar with southern Indiana? Not at all. Lots of coal. Lots of coal. Lots okay. of coal-fired power plants. Yeah, so um, that's where I got my start as an electrician working in fossil fuel power gen, so coal-fired power plants. Okay. Um, and I also got into natural gas, but primarily coal-fired there, so all the way from the uh, where they dropped the coal from the, the coal trucks to feed the plant, all the way to uh, the stacks where the emissions are are let out. So, gotcha. all, so all across. Yeah, you've kind of seen everything from the system, point A to point whatever the last point is, Z, I guess. All over, yes. Yeah. yes. So how did you start in that? You know, Did you have a family member who was in that industry that was just kind of what was available, a natural interest in energy? Uh, no, it just kind of fell into it, honestly. Mm -hmm. um, like I said, coal is a big industry. My mm -hmm. my grandparents uh, were in coal. Actually, the the house I grew up in, very small house on a former coal mine site. Oh, so, interesting. Yeah, coal was it was actually literally in our blood. Every once in a while, we'd play out there as kids and kind of roll around and get cut up and stuff. So you're playing in coal. That was what we did. Um, my best friend uh, who lived down the road, he's still a coal miner to this day. Mm -hmm. So he still goes down in the mine comes back out in the evenings. So, um, but yeah, I just had a chance to, uh, to get an electrical apprenticeship for the IBEW. Um, did some commercial work, but really kind of fell into the power generation sector. Got it. Yeah. It feels like that's really a defining characteristic of coal communities. Would you say that's true for where you grew up? Like that's all. Oh yeah. 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 It's, uh, there's, it's pretty normal to see a lot of these big coal trucks hauling coal all over the place. Mm -hmm. Now that's changed in the last several years. You don't see as many because a lot of these coal-fired power plants are being decommissioned. But yeah, growing up and especially uh, early on in my career, yeah, a lot of time at these coal plants. Yeah. And so that's not what you're doing anymore. So let's talk about NextGen, your company. What is it and how did you get started in it? Yeah, so NextGen is... Uh, Basically, one-stop shop, uh, concept of completion, single point of contact company for clean energy and sustainability. Um, think of us as the easy button. Mm -hmm. we'll, we'll handle everything. So we consult, we'll develop projects, uh, and then we can act as that owner's representative and project manage that all the way through. So we really make things easy for our clients. Um, I, I, obviously, I didn't start in that. I, I was always interested in the technology, and as it's become a lot more economical, cost-efficient, um, efficiency in the technologies themselves, it, it's it really made a difference and that really got my attention mm -hmm. and I could see that that transition um, getting ready to happen. So I decided let's let's jump in because I didn't see anybody helping mm -hmm. um, a, a section of the, the business community. So whenever I, uh, I thought back, I, I looked at residential projects, you know, that's one end of the spectrum, right? right. So somebody putting, you know, a 10 kW worth of solar on their house, for example. Um, and then the other side of the spectrum, which was what I was really familiar with, was utility side. So, mm -hmm. you know, big wind farms or big solar uh, utility scale projects. But you didn't really have anything in between there. Mm. And that was a big gap. And who's in that big gap? Well, a lot of small businesses. Big big part of the, uh, the, end or the uh, um, economy. So something yeah. to consider. And I was like, somebody needs to help these folks out. I looked around. I couldn't find anybody. 
I'm yeah. like, well, all right, I'm going to jump off and, and try this. So that's where NextGen came from. Got it. So you identify a gap in the marketplace. You take something that you're already interested in, and it seems like you see the market moving in this direction of mm -hmm. clean energy. Now, you mentioned this transition, um, and you, I think, were talking particularly about your own career transitioning from fossil fuel industry into doing more of this clean energy. But I'm also curious your perspective on this transition on a more like global scale and what you think that means for someone like you who's been in the shoes of working in the fossil fuel industry. We know there's a lot of fear about loss of jobs You're from a coal community. So how did that work for you? How do you think about that transition? And then also, how are you communicating with folks who are still in fossil fuel industry or fearful in that community of what that means for jobs about where you think the industry is going and what that means for jobs in the economy? Yeah, no, uh, several good questions. I'll try to get to Yeah, I know, all sorry. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I was in, in that sector. I, I haven't worked my tools for a long time, but I mean, whenever you're doing that, you're putting food on the table, right? Mm -hmm. It's really important. And there are so many skilled people out there that are in that fossil fuel industry, um, and they can easily transition into clean energy. If you can work in the fossil fuel industry, I promise, I promise you have a future in, in clean energy. Um, it's probably the biggest thing is the education piece of, mm -hmm. all right, well, what's that job look like? What's it going to be? Here's who's, how's the pay going to look? There's so many questions and, and it's going to vary. The workforce is changing. I mean, I would say that people going into the trades has declined. Um, mm -hmm. not as many people want to do that. They, I, I love you know, colleges and stuff like that, but that's not for everybody. It wasn't for me. Mm -hmm. I, I tried college and it, it, it didn't it didn't fit for me especially mm -hmm. at that time in my life um, so there's a lot of great opportunity for the skilled trades mm -hmm. and then there's a lot of it's I'll say labor intensive type of things where it's it's I hate to say unskilled labor but um, you know carrying solar panels and mounting them that's not a really super skilled type of, uh, of uh, uh, work to do mm -hmm. you know Absolutely. so there's a lot of different things that, that go into that equation yeah, so something for people who want to maybe pursue a college degree and get into more of the engineering, that side of it, but also something for someone who wants to build a trade, wants to you know sell labor at all sorts of different parts in this marketplace. Uh, yeah, yeah, there's it, it is really a big part of the economy. Um, I was reading something the other day, and uh, they made the comment that uh, energy is the economy. Mm. I'm like, wow, that's probably you know there's some truth to that. Mm -hmm. So. Whether it's out there installing or designing or in the supply chain, in manufacturing, whatever, um, there's there's room for, and we need a lot of people to, to make that transition. So yeah. it's, uh, I'd say, very, very promising um, sector to get into. Yeah. And so I'm curious what tipped you off that this is the direction that we're moving in. So you're working in the fossil fuel industry. You told me that you identified this sort of medium scale gap in the marketplace for clean energy between small residential projects, big corporate projects. But what made you d decide or, or realize that clean energy was sort of the way that the energy industry in general was going? What was that moment for you? Yeah, that's that's a really good question. So there's a few things. One's the technology, right? Mm -hmm. The efficiency, the drop in, in pricing. Um, 
it, it just made a lot of sense from that point of view. And looking at it, I'm like, okay, that that's work. And it's not perfect. There's still a lot of things that, uh, you know, are a problem. The, the intermittency of, mm. you know, all right, the sun's not always going to be shining or the wind's not always going to be blowing. 100% true. So what does that mean? That means that uh, the battery storage and, and other stuff needs to, to advance. And it is. It's making incredible advancements. But that's one piece of it. The other piece of it for me is more so on the sustainability side itself. Mm-hmm. So I remember Al Gore's movie, uh, what, what is the An name? Inconvenient of? Truth. Inconvenient Truth. I remember mm-hmm. that came out, what was it, 2002, 2004, whatever it was. And I kind of watched it for a little bit, but it didn't resonate with me. Sure. I was in, in fossil fuel. I was making a great living. Um, single, no kids. I didn't really think about the next generation. I was pretty selfish and didn't really care. You mm-hmm. know, I was living my life. I was in my you know late twenties or whatever it was. So um, fast forward a few years, and all right, now I'm married. I've got a beautiful wife. I've got beautiful stepchildren. Now I'm I'm kind of thinking about that more. Mm-hmm. All right, it's not just about me. It's about further down the line. So that's actually where the name Next Gen came from. Mm-hmm. That next generation. So it's it's for those kids. It's for I mean, it may sound kind of hokey, but that's that's really where it comes from for me. So yeah. that's what kind of got me the the advances in the technology. Plus, uh, for me personally, I was like, all right, I see some climate stuff going on. Mm-hmm. I I get it, and I tell people, don't take my word for it. Mm-hmm. I'm no expert whenever it comes to climate change. I would say I'm an expert on a lot of clean energy stuff, but sure. do your own do your own research. You know, don't just listen to Fox News or CNN or read this report or that. That's what I did. I went through and, and did a lot of research. I'm like, all right, my personal opinion is this. And that's kind of where it all came together. Got it. So you found NextGen. What year is that? Um, filed paperwork January 1st of 2021. Wow, congratulations. So like, let's put the pandemic behind us and we'll start 21 off the right way. So, I love yeah. that. I love that. Yeah, I like that as a spark. Yeah, um, yeah. And then why did you decide to go with, uh, you know, a group that's doing consulting for other companies? Why was that sort of your place in the market? Uh, one, I, I think that's really where it starts is having that conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, we work with so many companies. We work with global, you know, Fortune 500 companies. We'll work with small mom and pop uh, operations. And really, even if it's a big company, maybe they have an idea of what they want to do. Um, they'll say, all right, we're going to, you know, hit net zero at, uh, you know, 2040 or something, whatever that goal is. Um, but maybe they don't have a goal. And if they do, they're, I can tell you, they're not sure how they're going to get there. Mm-hmm. And that could change. That's going to change over time. You know, the technologies are going to improve. We want to implement that. So just because you say, all right, here's what we're going to do today as part of our 10 year plan or whatever it may be, that doesn't mean the year seven, you're not going to need to pivot a little bit. And hopefully pivot in a, a way that's going to save even more money and, and be even more sustainable. So, um, yeah, the consulting is where it really starts. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, what we do at NextGen, we're not installing, we're not doing any of that. We we have a uh, competitive bid process. Mm. So we've got a, oh, I, I 70-something um, partners, I like to call them partners, that are EPCs. So whether it's a big company like a, a Bechtel, who's a partner of ours, or a smaller company like here in, in uh, Northeast Ohio, like a Yellow Light. Okay. Um, we'll figure out who's going to be the best uh, group to send this RFP to. We, we usually get three, maybe five bidders. We'll get those proposals back and evaluate them and um, figure out who's going to be the best one and then get a contract awarded. 
and then we can go in and project manage for that uh, mm -hmm. that client. So that easy button I mentioned earlier, that's where it, it comes in. Um, the, the client can be super involved, but they really don't have to be. Um, we try to make it really simple for them. Got it. So tell me more about the kinds of clients you worked with. You mentioned that you'll work with small clients, big clients, but who are these clients? Are they businesses, government, nonprofits? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. We It's a bunch. Um, uh, our biggest one we work with, um, I don't know if I can say the name. I'll, I'll just okay. say uh, they do a lot of makeup and maybe mm -hmm. they're out of Paris, right? Okay. So, um, you know, people like that. Those are, are big organizations we love to work with. Um, companies that are globally based here in, in Northeast Ohio. Um, that doesn't narrow it down very much, but there's, <laughs> there's a few. Um, you know, a local company like a, a Millcraft here in uh, based out of Cleveland. That's a, uh, I'd say it's a Midwestern company, right? Regional company. Um, we work with them. Um, universities, municipalities, mm -hmm. um, really it's across the board. Um, we're working with some school systems uh, to put some things in place and save a lot of money. So it, there's really not too big or too small. So whether it's solar, micro wind turbines, battery storage, EV charging, and all that infrastructure that's involved there, um, solar lighting and smart poles, um, really it's across the board. Yeah, it sounds like a lot to do with a lot of different clients. Are you at a point where you've got like a waiting list worth of people who are waiting to get in and work with you? We're, we're getting close to yeah. that. So we, yeah, it's, we want to work with people who really want to do something. Yeah. And that is probably the biggest criteria, right? If you're, if you're small, but you want to do something, we want to work with you. Mm -hmm. If you're big, but you, you just kind of want to say you're doing something just to say it. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, we're, we're not going to do that. We've, we've turned some big, uh, clients down mm -hmm. because we could tell pretty quick that, all right, they're not real serious about doing something. And that's just not the, the game that we're in. Yeah. Maybe they're more interested in greenwashing the, the company. I'm curious yeah. how you manage that because I can imagine that there are probably a lot of companies, um, or municipalities or schools or whoever it is that want to work with you because they want that great marketing to say, we're doing clean energy. Isn't that great? Um, but are really concerned with their bottom line. And I think you would argue that you can accomplish both. Um, but are there, I guess, how do you handle that when there's a company that maybe wants to have your stamp of approval, uh, but isn't maybe taking the steps you're recommending? Yeah, we, we've kind of got something in place where um, they, they have to take at least some baby steps mm -hmm. and there's going to be some cost involved with that. So that really can eliminate who's, you know, who's real and who's maybe just kind of trying to play. Um, if they're not willing to, to put down a little bit of money for us to to go that extra mile and you know do competitive bids, for example, or do some more detailed design engineering, um, then yeah, it's probably not going to be a good fit. And, mm -hmm. You know, we we tip our hat and say thanks. Uh, call us when you're actually ready to do something, and, and mm -hmm. we'll be here. Until then, um, you know, we want to help those that that we can. So. Yeah, I wouldn't say we have. There's obviously a limited bandwidth, but um, we're getting a bit more picky on who we'll work with. Yeah. But as long as they really want to do something, we'll work with them. We'll figure out the way. Great. Tell me a little bit about if you do work with 
clients on their marketing. I think it is probably a huge benefit for a lot of them to be able to share that they're doing this work. So is that something that your company does is help them talk about the progress that they're making? Yeah, that's that's one of the first things whenever we're talking to, to folks is, um, you know, there's different stages of, of these projects and where you're at. So we want them to understand that it's important to let people know what you're doing, right? Um, Amazon, they do a great job with this, right? It's, it's fantastic how they advertise and they're actually beating some goals, right? They're down um, their 2030 goals. They're going to accomplish them five years early is what they're projecting. So 2025. And they're letting people know about it. And are, is an Amazon doing that just because they want to say, hey, we're sustainable and green? Well, that's, that's a great benefit. But it really goes back to what you were saying, that bottom line. Mm -hmm. They're doing it because it makes economic sense. Mm -hmm. And that's what I think a lot of people don't realize is the economic sense that, that these projects can, can make. Um, and it's not like you got to put out a ton of money. There's financing options. There's power purchase agreements where you don't have to own the system. You don't have to pay for it. Someone else will. You just buy cheaper electricity, plus you're checking sustainability boxes. Pretty good, uh, pretty good deal. Yeah. So it sounds like, and I think I would agree with this, um, agree with myself and in, in my assessment of what I think you think, but um, that for you, it is about doing what you do best. And it doesn't really matter if the client is doing it because their goal is a better planet or if their goal is to cut their bottom line, you're going to help them move in this way that we know is cleaner for the environment. And if it's going to benefit their pocketbook too, then all the better. Yeah. I'm going to say nine times out of 10, probably, probably a little more than that. Um, we're not really talking about sustainability for mm -hmm. these companies. It's about that economic improvement and, mm -hmm. and again, saving dollars, which dollar saves, a dollar earned is what mm -hmm. I was always taught. So, mm -hmm. and it's true. And it's amazing what, uh, what companies can can save. Um, that's, that's the goal. So, uh, with the dollar saved, with the sustainability, um, uh, goals that are achieved, it, it all comes from the same place. So no matter what side of the aisle you're on, you're, you're probably going to find something that you like about this. Yeah. Is there a particular project? You don't have to name names, but, um, just the outcomes that you're particularly proud of, uh, from your first two years of doing work? We've, yeah, we've done several. It's, it's hard to limit it down to, to one. I would say um, we're really proud of uh, what we did for one municipality as far as putting the whole plan together for them. Mm -hmm. And again, it, it, these projects weren't just going to reduce the carbon footprint. That's all good and part of it. Mm -hmm. But the jobs that were going to be created, the local jobs and things like that from these projects, that's uh, that's really puts a smile on my face because that's helping that local community and being able to do that. Now, that's one that you get into of, all right, they haven't really implemented yet. They're a good year behind um, the schedule that was adopted, but it's still there. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it, it's kind of lagging a little bit. But, yeah, I was, I was pretty proud of that. Good. I'm glad to hear it. Yeah. Well, Tell me what's next for NextGen. Uh, anything that you're excited about moving forward or things that you think are really special that are coming up for, for the team? Yeah, we're, we're really excited about 2024. Mm -hmm. um, we're excited about uh, a lot of these projects that because they take time, right? Mm -hmm. you, you start consulting and developing projects. Uh, um, they don't just snap your fingers and it's, it's here and then it's done. These take a lot of time to go through. And all this work that we've done for the last several years, they're, they're all starting to come together. You know, we've had some really good successes, but uh, we're projecting 24 to be, a, you know, a monster year for us. 
um, which means it's a, a great year for for the planet. It's a great year mm -hmm. for the the economies where these projects are going to happen. So, yeah, it, I can't just say one because there are so many that we're we're seeing that are just all right. Now it's it's starting to happen. So we're we're really excited about that. Awesome. What do you think is special about NextGen that makes clients want to work with you in particular? Um, for me, and this is one of our core values, it's uh, um, long-term relationships, mm. um, quality customer service. I, you really shouldn't have to say that, but I've found, at least in my experience, not everybody has the highest quality customer service. You know, you you call somebody, maybe they'll call you back, maybe they won't. And, mm -hmm. and that's a, a big deal for us. So um, we're really big on the customer service and long-term relationships, which is why we'll and we have, we'll tell someone, hey, this isn't the right project for you to do today because of this or this or this. It's probably going to be better in a couple years. Um, let's say a roof needs replaced. Let's not put this on in, until that roof is done. Mm -hmm. So we cost ourselves some projects um, and some revenue, but in the end, it's the right thing to do. So like, you know, we try to put that owner's hat on and say, what would we want if we owned this property, if we were the business owner? What makes sense? So I would say that that uh, service, mm. I would say that's probably a, a differentiator. Yeah, it sounds pretty special to me. Russ, I've learned a lot from you today, and I really like your practical approach to trying to make change happen. Um, you know, sort of ends justify the means. Uh, I just, I love that. And I think your company's doing really incredible work. So thank you. Thank you so much for being here with me today and sharing yeah. your story with all of us. Uh, is there anything that you want to plug for our audience? Yeah, yeah. If uh, people want to follow us, um, you can find me and uh, NextGen both on LinkedIn. Uh, you can also visit the website, uh, nextgencleanenergy.com. That's N-X-T-G-E-N, because we're cool like that. <laughs> and if you'd like to stay connected with our show, please be sure to follow us on TikTok at ATG Show. And if you'd like to rewatch full episodes, check out our YouTube channel, All Things Green Show. You can find all of our sources from today's episode in the show notes. All Things Green will be back at the same time next week. Thank you, Russ, for being a part of the global sustainability movement. Thank you. Thank you.